Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis on a beautiful day. And we're just glad to be gathered with our Bibles before us. And if you don't have yours, take the time to go get it. And uh, while I'm just advertising my little book that we just had published, All God's Works Are Done in Truth, it comes from Psalms 33.4, which is uh, a great scripture that says, for the, Lord, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. And it has brought such clarity to the scriptures, many things we just couldn't quite put our finger on in the past. Now the Lord is opening up the scriptures to us in a profound way, using scriptures to do that. That's how God reveals his word, is through his word. And, and different testimonies from the Word brings clarity to the Word. And one of those is Psalms 33, 4 that lets us know God only works in the truth and the truth is Christ and Him crucified. This little 62-page booklet, $15, you can have your copy. Just hit the PayPal button, send the money, and we'll mail it to you. And I promise you, if you're hungry for the truth, this little booklet will, will just fill your heart, the scriptures that are in this little booklet, and God will open up many things to you and bring such clarity uh, to your heart concerning the Word of God. Praise God. And uh, it's just something we've ministered over the last five or six years and compiled into a little book. So we're very excited about what the Lord is saying and doing in these last days. Praise God. Just want to welcome you if you're a first-time viewer. And uh, we're just excited about all those who tune in. And we're just praying that the Lord would be able to uh, get the Word into your heart. And let me just tell you, Jesus taught that the only ones who are going to be able to hear the Word and keep the Word and, and allow the Word to bring forth fruit with patience in their lives are those who are honest, the heart that's honest, the heart that really wants what's right, really knows that what's right is going to be found in the Word of God, and they just accept it no matter what. No matter if they understand everything, they accept the Word of God as truth, and everything else is a lie if it's contrary to what's written in the Word of God. Praise God. And uh, we're in the book of Ephesians. As you can see, we've been in it since October the 7th last year, and our website is listed there, so you can hit the page. PayPal button or email us or message us and, or, or you can mail uh, any funds you have to the address here, physical address. This is our 38th session and today is the 14th of July 2017. And I just happen to be Pastor Curtis teaching, praise God. And I'm excited to be the one sharing the book of Ephesians. And uh, it's, it's, we've been in the book of Ephesians, as I said, since last October. And uh, we're not in a hurry to get out of it. We're just rolling through and allowing the Lord to give us the golden nuggets that He's hid for us, not from us, praise God. So before we dig in this morning, let's ask the blessing on the Lord, of the Lord for our hearing and to give us our daily bread today. Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to even have a Bible, to have your word before us, Lord, to understand truth, at least to the degree that we do, that it's made us free and you've told us who that truth is and what that truth did to make us free. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Lord, we thank you for all that we've been given and we ask today for a special blessing Lord that we would Lord have a little more understanding a little more knowledge a little more revelation of this one we call our Savior Jesus Christ your only begotten son we ask you to Lord just bring clarity to the scriptures let our our faith remain childlike faith who just believes our heavenly father and Lord we take your word serious Lord we tremble at your word we place your word Lord in a place of above everything else in our lives. And we, Lord, we expect a blessing today because we know you want it for us. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus today. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, I know by now you've went and got your Bibles and your pencil and your paper. We have those in the studio with us this morning. We're always excited when we have visitors on, on this day and when we gather to study the Word. And uh, you know me, I'll preach to the clock, but I like it when people are here and and uh, I praise God we've got some people in our, in our body that can be here and they choose to be here. Praise God. I'm supposed to be retiring from my secular job in about 44 more working days I have in the month of October. And you know what? I'm going to take advantage of my retirement. I'm going to do more for the Lord. Hallelujah. Not less. Glory to God. So... Praise God. Ephesians chapter 5, I think we left off last week with like verse 17. And uh, 
So I want to just back up two or three verses, uh, maybe start in verse 15 so we can roll right into where we are today. And uh, verse 15, Ephesians 5, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And last week we talked about circumspectly, meaning diligently. Uh, just It means to diligently serve God and don't stop just looking straight ahead at Him. And so then we see what happens when we do that. We're redeeming the time because the days are evil. We're not caught up in the evil like we were in the past as Christians. Now we're learning to walk circumspectly, diligently, in a perfect. The other word for circumspectly was perfect. Diligently perfect. Somebody says, well, we can't be perfect. Right, but we're in a perfect one, and we're following a perfect one who's leading us in a perfect direction. And the Bible says we can be holy because he's commanded us to be. And if we keep our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, the holy fruit of God will be there. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And one of those is to walk circumspectly. Hallelujah. That means diligently pursuing this perfection that's only found in Christ. Hallelujah. And if that's what we're after, then we're going to be redeeming the time instead of a part of the evil that's in the time. There's only one or two places we could be, no matter if you're a child of God or not. Uh, it don't matter if you're lost or saved. Today, you will either walk in a place that's redeeming the time, or you, because the days surely are evil, God has said it, or you and I will be caught up in participating in the evil that's in the day. I choose to walk with the Lord, to walk before the Lord, to walk circumspectly, to seek Him in His way, no matter, else, no matter who else does or doesn't. It's not about if they do, I will too. No, it's a, it's a matter of I will no matter who else does. See, that's the Spirit of God that took Jesus to the cross. Makes no difference whatever other man has done. They all were failures. But Jesus said, I will endure. Hallelujah. And that same Spirit that was in Christ is in us today. So no matter what you did or didn't yesterday or in your past, today you can, by faith in the cross of Jesus, walk circumspectly before Him, Redeeming the time, praise God. I said you can, but you have to choose to keep your faith. You can't choose to walk circumspectly. You've got to choose to put your faith in the cross, and the Holy Ghost will have you walking circumspectly. Hallelujah. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, I've got to throw this in, because all preachers need to. I believe it's the will of the Lord for ministers to remind us that things don't just naturally happen for the Christian. We have to fight to keep our faith in the cross of Jesus Christ because many things try to come and pull us away from that. Family, uh, other things that look good, sound good, feel good, taste good. And we have to keep fighting the good fight to stay focused on Jesus and what He accomplished at Calvary. Praise God. And if we didn't, have to fight this fight, then we wouldn't need to be told these things. We wouldn't need to be told anything. But the Spirit of God is still speaking to the church today. That's why we have the new covenant that Jesus said is in His blood. The new covenant writings are useless. They're nothing but a letter that will kill you and turn you into some legalistic religious person if your faith is not in the blood, if you're not seeing the Scriptures in the light of Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. Amen. That is the letter of the Spirit, hallelujah, that only works by a law of being in Christ. Glory to God. So when we see this, He says, Wherefore you be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So once again, before we move on, we are here being told by the Lord because we need to be told by the Lord. Somebody needs to say amen. I, the Lord still shows up in my life daily, and He doesn't say, Curtis, would you like to A, B, or C? There is no B and C. He says, Curtis, you will A. This is what you will do. You will not be unwise, but... Amen. You will redeem the time. I, God doesn't give options. He gives commands. He's a captain of our salvation. I was a Marine. The captain never turned around and said, Do y'all want to go this way or that way? The captain said, We're going this way. And we follow Jesus. He's not following us. Praise God. 
So he doesn't give options. He gives commands. It's exactly what the New Testament is. It's not only a revealing of the love of God through Christ and what he accomplished for us at Calvary. It's also commands for those who will keep their faith in the cross and be led of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And we are commanded by the captain of our salvation and we walk by faith. What does that mean? We live according to the Word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Praise God. I'm feeling good this morning. I ain't even had much, uh, one, one cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm feeling good this morning. Praise God. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the one who's done it all for us. So when we read the Word, when we see things that we must do, we must have our faith maintained exclusively in the one who has done it already. He did it already. I can't go do these things I'm told to do except through the one who's already accomplished them. So if anything's going to get done, I can't just read a Bible verse and say, I'm doing this today, bless God. That won't work. I can read a Bible verse and say, Lord, thank you for your son Jesus, and he endured the cross even unto death, was raised from the dead, and today I have your spirit. And because I have your spirit, I know that you will lead me and strengthen me, and through me, these things can be done by your spirit. See, because I can't just decide, I can't be convicted of my sin and then open the Bible and say, okay, I'm going to start living this. You can choose to all day long. It won't get you anywhere. You have to only, the really, and let's say something about this this morning. Really, the only choice we have as, as people is to what we'll put our faith in. We're in control of nothing else, and I'll explain it. If we put our faith in what Christ did at Calvary, the Bible clearly says we'll be led by the Spirit. If we And see, all, we're, not, we're not controlling what any consequences in our lives. We don't control the consequences. We control what we put our faith in. If I put my faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, the Spirit of God leads me, and I know the things going on in my life the Lord is leading me through and he will bring me through and that all things are working together for my good. But if I do not put my faith in the cross, then I'm not being led of the Spirit and I'm being led by my flesh, the devil, the world, and the lust of the eye, pride of life, and, and all those things. And even though I might say I'm being led by the Spirit of God, I'm not if my faith is not in the cross. And the consequences of that are going to be different than me having my faith in the cross. So the, really the only thing we control as humans is what we put our faith in. At that point, we still daily only maintain what we put our faith in. Amen. No, I don't believe that, preacher. I, if I want to go to Walmart, I'll go to Walmart. Yes, I understand that. You'll go to Walmart if you want to. I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about finding victory over sin. Hallelujah. I'm talking about opening the Word of God, seeing what God's Word says, and saying, okay, Lord, I want to be able to live this way. I, I, I can choose that, but if I'm, my first choice is not to keep my faith in the cross, I'll never be able to find myself walking in obedience or in the light that's given to me from the Word of God. You understand that? I hope you do. Because you can't just open the Bible. I did it all my life, and I'd, and I'd feel something telling me to get in the Word. I'd get in the Word, and I, I, and I wanted to serve God. I wanted to find out what was right and live by what was right. But, and I would, and, but that's what my choice was in, to do these things. And see, that's the wrong choice. Oh, it's a good choice to want to live by what God said. But if I miss the point that my faith must be in what he did at Calvary, then all my other choices, are they're just me. And I'll never be able to fulfill what God's called me to do, what he's called me to walk in. I'll never find victory. I'll just keep falling and messing up and, and over and over. And if you're caught in that cycle today, and if I'm talking to you, if the Lord's reaching for you, please hear the Lord today. The object of our faith is the Word of God, but only as it's in the context of the living Word of God and what He did at Calvary. Mm -hmm. And then the Word of God written will come alive in our hearts. Praise God. I'm thankful to know that today. Hallelujah. He says in verse 17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Everybody say, and... It's a conjunction. He's not writing about something different. He says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
And Paul here is not giving an okay to be into alcohol. Amen. He's using this as an example of people who drink and they're filled with alcohol and, and the result of what happens, and most of you know what I'm talking about, the result of drinking alcohol has never been good. Never been good. The Lord showed me something about two years ago when our town was debating on whether, taking a vote on whether they wanted to sell alcohol. And praise God, to this day, Queen City has still not succumbed to that evil work of the devil. And I called it what it is because of the consumption of alcohol. The Lord told me about two years ago, people were on Facebook saying all these things, and I said something about drinking uh, only takes place in a Christian's life if he's backslidden, and man, people begin to blow me out of the water. I'm talking about Christians begin to blow me out of the water about their evening wine and these things. And the Lord told me, he said, you tell them every time they choose to drink alcohol, they're choosing that over what I'm able to provide for them. And the man, I put that out there, and I never got a feed. I never, and I don't know if they unfriended me, blocked me, but they never said another word because that is true. Whatever reason I give for the consumption of alcohol is something I'm denying Christ to be able to do for me. Amen. Are you drinking to be social? You're in the wrong crowd. And you need to get in the right crowd, which is a church preaching the gospel, the message of the cross, that knows alcohol will only destroy a life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So Paul here, he's not saying anything about drinking wine. It's okay to drink wine. Just don't drink too much. That's not what he's saying here at all. The Bible's full of scriptures that talk about abstaining from alcohol. And it's only, the, it's only the spirit of the world, the spirit of the flesh that wants to fight against that. And what they'll do is they'll just turn the channel or they'll block somebody on Facebook so their flesh can go on and be appeased. They're tired of the conviction. They call it condemnation, but it's not. It's conviction. The Lord's trying to get them to know He's all you need. You don't need that Bud Dummer, that Jack Dummy. All you need is Jesus. I said all you need is Jesus. Uh, you don't need a little alcohol to give you a boldness uh, to talk to the girls or, or the boys if you're looking for a spouse or whatever. The Bible, God says that boldness comes by faith in the blood, hallelujah, not alcohol. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. All you really need is Jesus. And if you don't know that, that's why you're still partaking of alcohol. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't turn me off. Tune God in because he's got his hand on you this morning. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I know very few Christians that are filled with the Spirit compared to the number of Christians that be on the earth today. And as we see the result, as we see in the Word of God, listen, this is not an option. This is not maybe. This is not just a few. If you're filled with the Spirit, get ready to read the story and the, what happens, what becomes the fruit of your life. This is not just some, I guess, and then, well, I'm not a part of that really, but I got all the stuff going on. No, this is the Word of God. Hallelujah. You need to quit telling yourself. It's really not you. It's the devil telling you. Well, a man wrote the Bible. No, a man just, God grabbed his hand and put a pen in it, and God spoke to his heart in man. God moved man to write the Bible. Man couldn't have come up with such a perfect story as this. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And you, you, you really... Receive the Holy Spirit when you were born again. But the proof and the fruit of you being filled with the Spirit is what we're about to read. Watch this. Now I'm going to read it again because this is just to be rolled into. It ain't another verse about something different. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Is this your life? I didn't say, did you go to church? I said, is this your life? If it's not, you're not filled with the Spirit. Not being ugly, I'm being biblical. Here's the good news, you can be. 
I said, here's the good news. Instead of getting mad and running off, guess what? You can be. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's a second subsequent grace that God gives us after salvation. We ask the Lord now to fill us, baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I said, as the Bible says <coughs> in the book of Acts, Many today are saying, well, I'm, I'm filled with the Spirit. I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, but I don't speak in tongues. Then you're, you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Many fight against that. Many, many are, are just pushing against that. And there's, it's one thing to be uh, seeking that and not yet filled. It's a whole other thing to be saying, I'm, I'm doubting that. I'm pushing against that. I'm resisting that. Hallelujah. Mm. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And that doesn't mean just speaking only to your own self. It means speaking to yourselves, among yourselves. That's why this right here is confirmation as to why we come and sing praises at church. In the congregation. But it's not limited to a meeting with people. This is those who are filled with the Spirit. They came singing. They leave singing. Hallelujah. Amen. Those who aren't filled with the Spirit, they have to come to church to try to get involved. And they, and they have to come. And we are supposed to be there when the doors are open, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as some have done, many have done. And, but listen, what I've got going on in the church on Wednesday night and Sunday morning, I've got going on outside the church on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Monday and Tuesday because I'm filled with the Spirit. It's not a church thing. It's a Jesus thing and being filled with the Spirit of Jesus thing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And let me say something for those who think it's just in the heart. Well, I've got it going on in my heart. No, whatever's in the heart is coming out. God says the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks what the abundance of the heart, in the abundance of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. So if you're filled with the Spirit, guess what's coming out? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Every day is a new day. You'll be driving to work, man, 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 in the morning, and you'll just be singing praises to God. You won't need that radio. You got something going. You got an orchestra, a choir inside of you, the Spirit of God stirring you to sing. You might say, well, I can't sing. God never told a child of God he couldn't sing. We, just, we might not want to hear something sounding like a hound dog. But there ain't no hound dog sounding folks in heaven. Hallelujah. If you're singing praises, remember, God only hears what's coming out of the heart. Unfortunately, we have to hear what's coming out of the mouth. <laughs> and sometimes we go, Arr! But there ain't nobody on this earth that we might consider, Oh, you just, you just keep singing, but... Uh, we, uh, you, you're not gifted with, with, a, with a voice to sing, but God has never declared that. I don't care how you sound to us. You sound beautiful to God if it's coming from the heart. God is in heaven only looking at what's coming out of the heart. Hallelujah. He's not looking at how pretty we can sing, how well we can preach. He's looking to see what's really in the heart. Glory to God. That's all God's looking at. We see the outward stuff. God sees what's making it come out. Mm. Hallelujah. And if you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to be singing whether you got a voice for the platform or not because you have a platform with God at all times. Hallelujah. You have His full undivided attention. He wants to hear you singing every day. I promise you, He wants to hear you singing every day. This Scripture confirms that because we know He wants us filled with the Spirit. And if we're filled with the Spirit, we'll be singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And if it's in the heart, it's coming out. Folks sing in the shower, you know, they think nobody can't hear them. There's that echo in that shower, got a little reverb, makes you sound a little bit better than you typically would. And people get in there and they sing in the shower. <laughs> or they sing in their car, praise God. 
Be filled with the Spirit. Watch this, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, these are people who are filled with the Spirit. Not only are they making melody all day, no matter what's going on, man, they're sitting in meetings and people are arguing and they're at the end of the table just making melody in their heart. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad I'm saved. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be filled with your Spirit. Thank you for the blood. And then people say, are, are, don't you believe that, Curtis? And you're like, what'd you say? <laughs> and I'm not talking about being unfaithful on my job. Because God will never, that's not pleasing to Him. But we're at all times, no matter where we're at, no matter if you're in your job and you're focused on your job, because I've heard people say, well, you can't really be uh, thinking about the Lord while you're in your job. Let me tell you something, the Lord is in our hearts. And no matter how focused on what we're doing we are, there can still be a melody in our heart. While we're being chewed out, while we're being disciplined, maybe for the wrong reason or maybe because we need to be disciplined and, and corrected, there can be a melody in our heart without stop. Hallelujah. That's what Apostle Paul meant when he said pray without ceasing. Doesn't mean we just lock ourselves in the closet and say, I'm just praying 24-7. No, it means our life becomes a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of making melody in our heart because we're filled with the Spirit. And the Bible says, if you are filled with the Spirit, you'll be giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So those who are uh, thinking they're praising God and worshiping God, and they're not doing it in the name of Jesus, they're not doing it through their faith in the cross, God's not receiving anything from them. It's just them about them. They're not filled with the Spirit. They're filled with their selves. They're filled with themselves. And that's why they can't experience victory either. That's why they can only feel good when they gather with people in a sanctuary. Hallelujah. And we should feel good. We should be grateful and thankful and, and come expecting and be edified. But if that's all you got going, my friend, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Because what goes on in the house of God two or three times a week can be going on wherever you are. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that. All the others, just religion, a relationship with Jesus is 24-7 nonstop. You can be giving thanks right in the middle of losing everything you got. No, not giving thanks. You lost it all, but giving thanks that God still loves you. He's still God. He's not moved. He's not changed His plan. And in the midst of all this that's happening, He's still with you. He's still doing a work in you. And He's going to provide everything you need. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I was thinking this morning of how much He loves us. I mean, we, we won't ever know fully on this side of glory if we ever know on the other side the depths and the width and the height and the, of His mighty love. He, he hated sin so much, but loved us so much to the point that it would even, it would even get to the point His love for us in that it would take he would be okay with it bruising his only begotten son. The giving of his son to die. That's how much he loved us. And hated sin. And that in his being a just and faithful God, he would have to do something about that sin. But in, not, in doing something about that sin and not destroying us, he gave his only begotten son. And the Bible says it pleased the Father to give him. Now that's a depth of a hatred of sin and a love for man that's intermingled that God's wisdom had to do something about. And you got to hear me this morning. God hated sin so much, but He loved you so much more that it, it, even, it was a love that got to the point where He said, I will even give my only begotten Son, and I will be pleased in Him being bruised and wounded for your sins and iniquities. Now that right there ought to make somebody shout and want to be filled with that Spirit of God, giving praises to God all day, every day, thanking God all day, every day, singing hymns to Him and praises in some, all day, every day. Our lives being filled with the Spirit, we are a people consumed with a devotion to God. Above everything else, a devotion to God, hallelujah. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that means? 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know what that means, then you won't be able to be giving thanks always to God for all things, in all things. It means, in the name of Jesus Christ, means our faith being in what He did at Calvary. Because of what God did in His Son at Calvary, that great love He has for us to the point, as I just explained, of Him being pleased to give His Son for us, that love exceeds our human capability to imagine what that really fully is. But we got a good picture to look at. The giving of His Son. And that's what in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ means. In the name of what He did to save us. In the name of the one that gave His life on the cross for us. And if it becomes something else, then it's just a perpetual ritual that we're claiming. Well, in the name of, well, thank you for this food in the name of Jesus. Help me in the name of We've got to stop and evaluate what we're saying as Christians. In the name of Jesus means according to your great salvation plan for me that you carried out through your son Jesus. Hallelujah. When we say, Lord, help me make the decisions I need today in the name of Jesus, it's not a magical potion that just moves God. It means that our faith is still in the cross and that because of what Jesus did at the cross, God's plan can take place now through our lives and the provision we need of wisdom, strength, understanding, whatever it is can come to us. That's what in the name of Jesus means. Hallelujah. When it becomes just a habitual, perpetual something we throw out there because we're supposed to at the end of a request, we need to take a step back. We're not dumb animals. We can take a step back and examine ourselves to see if we are still in the faith, why we are saying what we're saying and doing what we're doing. We're not just a dumb old cow. We had a cow a couple years back somebody gave to us and, and it just walked up around the fence for a week or two and just scratched the hide off itself till it was bleeding. And I thought, well, get away from the fence, you big dummy. But it did it day after day. I'm telling you, if you scratch me with a piece of barbed wire, I'm going to step back and say, what's that all about? And if we're not filled with the Spirit every day and we're filled with the world and we're not giving thanks no matter what's coming our way, we need to take a step back and say, okay, what's wrong with me? What's going on here? I need to be and can be according to God's Word. Be filled with His Spirit and in everything be giving thanks. Why isn't that happening to me? There's only one answer. There's not two or three. There's not books written on why it's not uh, happening. There are, but they're all lies. There's only one answer, my faith. Is not in the cross. Oh, I might say it is with my lips, but that's not where my heart really is. That Jesus died for me. That I died with Him. I was buried with Him and raised up on that third day in newness of life with Him. And today, the life I live, hallelujah, is by the faith of Jesus Christ that gave Himself for me because He loved me. I mean, that's my focus. That's my faith, hallelujah. And if it is, you'll find yourself being filled with the Spirit, giving thanks in all things. Things, not just because you believe there is a God, but because your faith is exclusively planted and not moving from His Son He gave. Not just G-O-D, but Jesus Christ who was given by the Father of all creation to make what He has given us through His Word effective, beneficial, and experiential in our lives. Praise God. So what we read in the Word, we can have. It's God's will we have it or He wouldn't be telling us. Amen. It's God's will you be filled. If you don't know what I'm really talking about, then just start tuning in every week with a great desire. If you're close enough to be at church, then quit listening to the devil. That's who's telling you not to go. He don't want you to learn the truth. He wants to destroy you, your family, your children, everybody that's around you. And he'll be able to do it until you take a stand and say, I will put my faith in the cross. I will be led by the Spirit who will lead me according to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God for breakthroughs today. Praise God for those who say, I will keep my faith in the cross. They, you know, a lot of people hear this, they'll turn it off or they, they, they'll refuse to, to listen because they're not hungry for the things of God. And if we're not hungry for the things of God, there's only one reason. It's because we've replaced that hunger with a hunger 
of the world. That's it. So verse 21 goes on and says, also submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, now, submitting ourselves one to another. Now, you can't have but one pastor in a church. So it's not like, okay, we're told to submit to each other. So preacher, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm going to be preaching Sunday. And you need to submit to that. Because the Bible says we're to submit to each other. Wrong! <laughs> the Bible says, and, we'll, and here it is. Submitting yourselves one to another, here it comes, in the fear of God. That don't mean that we're scared of God. Although there is a little hint of being fearful of what would happen if we don't obey God's word that tells us to submit one to another. But the fear of God, as we've learned here over the past many years, the fear of the Lord, the fear of God, that word fear always, no matter where you look it up, Bible scholars, Bible dictionaries, notes in any Bible, will talk about a reverential fear. And when you look at the word reverential, it's broken down to revere. When you revere something, you give it a value. You know, somebody, if somebody walked in here this morning with a big 12-foot rattlesnake, we would all revere that to going out that window back there. We would value that thing as being, I got to get out of here. If we couldn't talk him to getting back out that door, then we're going to have to talk each other into helping each other out this window. But we would put a value, we would revere that snake. And it, when we fear something, we give it a value. So when the Bible here says submit to one another in the fear of God, we submit to one another with the value on each other's lives, on each other's callings. Amen. Amen. I mean, you can't just, you know, and I've heard testimonies of churches right here in our own region. It was years ago. I don't know if they're still doing it. I hope, pray not. But the first ones there on the platform, the first ones to get to the microphone was the ones singing that day. If you got there early, no order, no just chaos, and then they'd fight because they weren't the one. And that, that's just that's out of order. That's not things being done decently and in order. So there has to be order in everything. I'm not talking about legalism and law. Just because you've got uh, rules and regulations for people to go by, guidelines, regulations, we're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about sanctification. If you don't have order in the house of God, it will be out of order, and we will all be miserable. Anything with two heads is a monster. Amen. So when the Bible says submit one to another and, and the Holy Spirit is God and God knows when he has to go a little extra and add something because if he would have just said, hey, y'all submit to each other, we'd have been in the world of trouble. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and the reason he's saying this is because he's about to venture off into the marriage talking about the marriage. And for several verses, he's going to talk about the marriage. And, and, and it's because the marriage we have between husbands and wives is so symbolic of his marriage with the church. Amen. And our marriages are supposed to be symbolic of that. And if they're not, we need to back up, start backing up verse by verse till we say, uh-oh, I must not be filled with the Spirit. I must not be singing praises and melodies in my heart to God. I must not be being thankful. And if those things aren't flowing in my life, I'm really not going to be able to submit. And submission is not a bad thing. As we have time, we'll see that today. Submission is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Because it is the order of Almighty God. Submission. I ain't talking about no slavery uh, like in old days. I'm not talking about in some unbiblical domination, domineering thing of submission. You will submit to me, bless God. I'm the pastor and you'll do what I say. You won't town unless you call me because I'm the one that has the wisdom of God. That's religion and mean ugliness that ain't in your Bible. Amen. Plus the Bible says we're sub to submit to each other. In the fear of God, that means in the value of each other's lives, each other's marriages, each other's callings, each other's where they are. They've got kids, but they don't. He's the pastor. You're not. She's the praise and worship leader. You're not. You're a singer on the platform, but you all are not. You're the one who leads this, but you're not. And I thank God you are, and I'm not, but I'm looking for what God's wanting to do through me. Hallelujah. I'm not jealous of you, preacher. I'm not jealous of you, singer. Get I'm, I'm not 
not jealous. Listen, I'm submitting to you in the Lord. See, the submission is in the fear of God. It's not People at Crossway Church aren't submitted to Pastor Curtis. They're submitted to me in the fear of God. Not that they're scared of God and what He'd do if they don't submit to me. They're submitted to me. They've given me people who call Crossway Church their home and they're here and they're faithful to be here and to give and to pray for us. They have submitted to the sphere of influence God has given to me as a pastor. Just to declare His Word. To pray for them. To help them along the way. Not to show up at their house and tell them not to be doing this and that. The Spirit of God, that's His job. Amen. So uh, when people submit to their pastor, their praise and worship leader, the Sunday school teacher, the whatever, whatever, when you submit to your husband, your wife, because we are called to submit to our wives. Hallelujah. We're to submit to who? Each other. Husband submitting to wife, wife to husband, congregation, not only to pastor, but to each other. This is God's order. It causes the Spirit of God to be able to do so much more when there's order, when, there's, when things can be done decently and in order. I'm so amazed every time I, I, I look at, at Brother Swaggart and, and the ministry in Baton Rouge that God has called me in there who could very easily be out pastoring big, growing churches, but that wasn't God's will. God called them. They put, he put them there. He planted them, and they've surrounded themselves not around a man but around a man God has called and their submission to the Lord through that man or that man unto the Lord God is reaching the world and the church has got a problem if it's not the name of Swaggered, if it's not the name of this guy or that guy, we're not even listening. There's a group of people in, in one place that when they started their fellowships, they said, we don't, as, we'll stay in this as long as the only ministers that come are from Baton Rouge. Well, listen, that's a wrong submission. As long as they come preaching the message of the cross, you're okay. But if you're still hung up on a name, my friend, you're in the same boat with those who are saying, I don't listen to him because of his name. Yeah. Amen. The right. Bible says we're to submit to each other, and it doesn't tell you who that is specifically, except as he starts talking about marriage. Amen. But the Bible does talk about in another place that we're to submit to the powers that be. Amen. But that's not where we are today. We're submit your and, and let me just finish what I was saying. I'm humbled and encouraged and blessed when I see ministers anywhere who are able to come together knowing that they could go out and without a shadow of a doubt do a great work for God, be their church, their pastor, but that's not what God's called them to. So they've let that go and they're doing what God's called them to do and they are submitting one to another. No other place in the entire world do I know where men can sit around a table and allow questions to come in and they all be in agreement on the truth that saves and the truth that sanctifies and share and answer the biblical questions that are being asked in the world. I don't know of another place. Because in most other places, it's men trying to push each other out of the way so they can get to the top. And I'm going to tell you, that won't ever work because that is not submitting in the fear of God. It's not just submitting. It's submitting in the fear of God. Submitting in the value that God is showing me I should have for you in your calling. You as my husband. You as my wife. You as my congregation. You as the... It is always not just a submission, but in the fear of God, which means I'm seeing who you really are. In Christ. Powerful this morning. Powerful this morning. That we're placing the proper value on each other. That's when submission can be true and right and beneficial. Amen. And the Spirit of God, we're talking about being filled with the Spirit. We're talking about the way God's going to move, what He's going to function in. Who Those that are going to be singing psalms and hymns because they're filled, giving thanks in all things. Hallelujah. And they're, they're not, you know, they're going to be uh, submitting themselves. Think about every person who's ever got mad and left the church. And I'm not talking about because the preacher wasn't preaching the truth. I'm talking about... Because somebody there looked at them wrong. Somebody there offended them. 
They left. Now they're not even in church. And it's because they refused to fight the good fight of faith to continue to lay hold on this truth. Oh, they left declaring they believed it. But without the fruit, your declaration means absolutely nothing. The fruit of your life is not your declaration. It's your character. It's your actions. Because anybody can say anything, anytime, anywhere. Mm. Amen. So when they leave the church all mad and fired up, now one day because they've been in 15 more and they've seen it's not working, now they're at home secluded, it's because they never learned to submit in the fear of God. They think they know more. They think they're better than. They think they didn't deserve to be looked at that way, treated that way. Listen, if you're looking for problems, leave your house. Go to work. Go to Walmart. Go to church. <clears throat> oh, we thought church was the house of the perfected. Oh, what, where'd that thought come from? The house of God is where the unperfect are learning to walk in the perfect one. There are no perfect preachers. There are no perfect people. But we are learning to submit one to another in the fear of God. In the fear of God. That means in the value of who you really are. Instead of me quickly being angry, quickly being mad at you, I need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And in this thing too, that the Bible says all things, giving thanks. Not that you did me wrong, looked at me wrong, said something I didn't like, but because I see you above all that. I see you as a blood-bought child of God filled with the Spirit. You know what? Instead of seeing your flesh act up, I see you as the glory of God. The church, blood-bought. And I can submit to you. Now, I can't submit to your flesh. But I can submit to you in the fear of God. The value of who you are. Not what you did. If the preacher's preaching lie, I'm not to submit to that. I'm, I'm to find me a preacher preaching the message of the cross using God's Word so I can biblically submit to him in the fear of God. That means now I can properly value his calling because God won't send anybody who's not pointing to the cross. Amen, Amen Brother Curtis. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's left out of the submission message today. And when it's not, they really don't understand what it means because they don't understand the fear of God, so they just start making stuff up. So then he says, then he starts giving, oh, it gets personal now, uh-oh. And this is where people had to go to the bathroom. People had to go outside and do something for a few minutes. Oh, he's getting really personal here. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. See that last part? As unto the Lord. A wife's submission to her husband is because she loves the Lord. And she loves her husband enough to love him in the Lord. And to submit to him as unto the Lord. Do you get that? Wives, submit yourselves as to your own husbands. And, and, and that needed to be said. Not somebody else's husband. This ought to tear down that UPC garbage. Can I tell you, honey, your husband can be led by the Spirit as good as your preacher. Instead of calling your preacher and asking him, can you go on vacation, you need to get with your husband and pray about what you need to do, not your preacher. You have the Spirit of God, do you not? The truth indwells you, does it not? Amen. He's just a preacher to declare the word to you, not to direct your specific moves in life. The Holy Ghost, that's his job. Man, I'm glad I'm free from all that today. And they say, well, you just don't quite understand it like we do. And I'm thankful I don't. But I do understand it according to the word of God. That's control. That's legalism. That's bondage. That's not biblical submission. Although we are a church corporately, one body, the body of Christ, we are individuals. Lord, Lord doesn't lead me based on what He's telling you. He leads me based on what He's telling me. And if He does use you to give me a word that is from Him, it's only going to bear witness with what He's been trying to tell me. 
that I'm already been stirred. Something's been going on me about that, and I'm going to bear witness. And if I don't, I'm going to say, praise God, I'll be praying about it. Smile and go on about my business and forget I heard it. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Wives are to serve their husbands as they're serving the Lord. We're not the Lord. I'm going to say that again. We're not the Lord. We'll never be the Lord. But we are in the rule of God, the order of God, men are, the husband is, the head of the house, the head of the marriage. That means he's got more responsibility than anybody there. That's what that means. That's a way to put it. A good way to put it for Dean's over here trying to preach. He said, He's under the gun. He's under the gun. <laughs> he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Because, everybody say, because. There's that three letter word. You, when you see F O R at the beginning of the word, a verse, just say, because. Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now let's talk about that. The husband is the head of the wife. That means he, we're talking about Christians here. Somebody say Christians. The world ain't got a clue. Can't do it. We can through Christ because he's the head. Amen. He's the Savior of the body. The wife, the husband, the children, if they're saved, we're all one body. But there's order in that body. There has to be order in the kingdom. It's not a dominating, domineering. It's not a wrong thing. It is an order that is a, a order of God. It is a, it is a understanding of the value on each individual. The wife who understands this order will be blessed. The children who understand biblical family order will be blessed. The husband who understands biblical family order will be blessed. Most women do not like this today. Because the world today is, is, is becoming, a, what do they call it, a women's... Uh, Feminist world. Oh, no, I, you know, I ain't marrying no man. I might live with one. I might live in sin with one, but I ain't married him because if I decide to leave, I'm out of here if he starts trying to lead me in a way I don't want to go. Now, and again, hear me clearly, that's not Christianity. That's those who are on their way to hell. Or it's a backslidden Christian who's out of the will of God. I'm not talking about a wife married to a husband who's living in sin and not living for God. And The woman, the wife's got to have her wisdom. She's got to hear from the Lord. And she can't submit to him and obey him in the Lord if he's trying to lead her down a road, a path of sin. Those are horrible situations to be in. But we're talking about Christian marriages, Christian homes. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. That, that's telling the wives, if you're submitting unto him as unto the Lord, that means you're serving the Lord through your submission. And if, we're, if the wives aren't doing that, they're in rebellion. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And with this, I'll say again as we move on, not staying here, you can teach on this for a long time. But there's an order. God, Christ, man, woman, children. That's order. You have to agree with the word of God or stay in the mess you're in. And if your house is out of order, all you need to do, instead of trying to get angry and calling a meeting together and say, bless God, you're going to start doing what I tell you, you need to share the word. See, faith to submit to your own husband, faith to lead as the husband you should be, can only happen as faith comes. And it only comes as we have a desire to live for God, and we see in his word how he's called us to walk and live for him. And if we'll choose to keep our faith in the cross and say, help me in this, Lord, it's a guaranteed it'll happen. 
Now, it may not just be a tiptoe through the tulips, if you will, and I know my Filipino friends don't know what that means, so let me rephrase that. It's not, it's not going to be easy just to bounce off in that, but it can happen by the Spirit of the God, by the Spirit of God. I can learn to lead my family as a husband and a father, and the wife, the mother, can learn to be submissive to the father. And it doesn't mean, listen, that they're no longer submitting to each other because they are. Sometimes the husband, his, his decision is made to go this way through the wisdom that they as one, and they are one, come together and pray and hear from God. Amen. Amen. The wife completes the husband. He's not complete without her, and she's not complete without him. It takes both of them to become one in the eyes of God. You know why God made woman by taking a rib out of man instead of just making her out of the dirt? Then that would have been two different people. The man, husband and wife are one. Not woman and woman, not man and man. Man and woman, husband and wife. They're the only ones in God's eyes that are in union and become one. That's it. I don't care what the homosexuals and the lesbians say. They're out of the will of God. They're in blasphemy. They're in rebellion. And they're there because God has told us in his word. He's turned them over to a reprobate mind. He's turned them over to that. He's not led them into that. He's the one who's turned them over because they won't have his way, his will. It's obvious you can see if you can't reproduce naturally, it ain't God's will. Amen. You've heard preachers say it for a hundred years. It's not Adam and Steve. It's Adam and Eve. And God took a rib out of the man because he was going to take something out of man that was already there that would complete him. Amen. And only as we walk in this union, this submission, hear me, uh, to each other in the fear of God. Then the husband's uh, faith can be in the cross and he can be led by the Spirit and love his wife as he should, as we'll read about. And then she, watching him live for God, is going to have a desire to go in prayer with him and to believe God through him for the direction they need. Man, God forbid that the Lord would show up today and tell me, Curtis, you're to pack up. I'm sending you somewhere else. But if I thought I was hearing that from the Lord, I'd say, Honey, you better come on in here. We got to pray about this. Because I know this, the Lord, if he's sending me somewhere, uprooting me from anywhere, sending me somewhere, he's going to deal with my wife about it too because we're one in his eyes. I said one, hallelujah, in his eyes. Amen. And some man who's living, filled with the Spirit, living for the Lord, got his faith planted firmly in the death, the cross of Jesus Christ. When there's any kind of, I'm just not sure and I just don't know, it ain't calling for a five-year prayer closet. It's calling for that man to be able to say, it's time to go. Hallelujah. And she's got to pack up and go. Amen. That's it. Well, no, we need to pray about this till I get this. No, God will give you a chance to get it, but it might be your flesh, honey, that ain't wanting to get it. When God told Abram to get up and get out, he got up and got out. Let me tell you something. He had put it in the hearts of those that were going with him to go. And that's the way it works. When God puts it in a husband, a father's heart, to lead in this way, he's being led by the Spirit. The wife's got to see that. She's got to know that now. If it's some crazy thing that's obviously not God and the church knows it and the wife surely knows it, then we need to get the preacher down there in the corner and say, come on now. <laughs> Amen. For the husband is the head. That means, let me say it again, it's not a dominating, fearful thing, a dominating, domineering thing. It is a responsibility thing. It's an authority that God has given us on Father's Day. Above all, after we see how blessed we are that we have been given sons and daughters and grandchildren by the Lord, the first thing we need to see is, oh, what a responsibility that is. It's not just the blessing of having kids. It's the responsibility of training them up in the way they should go. Amen. That ain't taking them to church, my friend, and dumping them out and you going doing your thing. That's you showing them they need to be in the house of God and them seeing you in the house of God. They got folks right here in our town. They'll take their kids to some uh, babysitting club on Wednesday night and dump their kids out called the church and, they, and they'll go out and have drinks. 
And then they'll come back after church, pick the kids up, and go home. My Lord, I want you to know you're going to answer for that, my friend. You're not going to answer to me. You can get mad at me today and turn the TV off, but you're going to stand before the Lord, and you're going to give account for that. Because your kids are not listening to what you say. They're faking all that. They're, what, they're listening to what you do. And because you didn't go, they're not going to keep going. They can't wait to get out of church, get old enough to get out because you've shown them they don't need to be there. Amen. Talking about being the examples. Talking about not only submitting to your husbands in the fear of God, but we as husbands to love our wives and to lead them in the fear of God. And children are to obey their parents in the Lord, which means in the fear of God. Amen. Recognizing what we've been given. A father, a mother, a husband, a wife. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Help me to walk in the place that you've called me. I don't know how long we have, Brother Terry, because what's on that computer back there is we're out of time. They're telling me we're out of time. Who would ever believe that? <laughs> well, we've had a good time, and I hope, I hope the Lord's been able to get through to you to help you. I'm excited about sharing the Word of God in truth. Until next time, right here, be with us next week. Share this message with somebody. God bless you. We love you.